This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello, the show is brought to you by Levi Solicitors. You can get a 10% discount on your legal fees. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Last couple of days as well on the 15% discount on conveyancing instructions. That runs until the end of September 2021. I'm Dan Moylan. With me is Michael Normanson. Hello. Moscow White as well. Daniel Chapman. Hello. If you want to support us and uh, get the full TSB package, you can get every digital copy of the mag we've done. All these podcasts ad-free, and soon it'll be all the videos ad-free as well. Priority access to the match ball. Daily email from Moscow as well with all the essential Leeds United news so you don't have to doom scroll to get it. Loads of stuff there. TSB Plus. Have a look at the squareball.net forward slash plus. In the first part of the show then, the weekly show, we round up the very, very latest Leeds United news. And this ain't happening, is it? Bad news this morning, isn't it? Daily Star says it's done. Oh, done deal. Sh- oh, it must it's be true then. It must, no. must be true. Calvin he- Phillips to Man United. Well, they say so, don't they? It might mean he might leave at some stage. I can't discount it because he's really good and someone will want to buy him. But he's surely going to want to go somewhere to win trophies, isn't he? And that's that's not really the place for it. And he's going to want a coach who's going to make him better as well. You would think. So, I don't know. I'm not too concerned at this stage. <laughs> I mean, we joke about it. <laughs> I have sort of resigned myself to the fact that he'll leave soon. Why? Well, because his development has outpaced our development, and I suspect there will be a contract renewal at some point in the next 6 to 12 months that will bake in his value, much like happened with Grealish at Villa, and then he'll be sold for a big fee, and we will use it to move into the next phase of our development. I don't speak to you anymore, Dan. Moscow, what what do you think? (laughs) I think the same. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, do, I do as well. <laughs> it's win-win, really. I think he'll only leave when it's a, a Champions League club wants him, and under those circumstances, we can't keep him because there's that slight idea that maybe if we're in the UEFA Cup, he might. Champions League's just different, different thing, isn't it? And he's good enough to play there, and it's more. It's basically down to when teams want to come and get him that's the thing because it's looking at Liverpool's midfield when they're going to age out and they'll need a new player or Manchester City's midfield when they're going to age out and they'll need a new player I don't think scum are relevant to this conversation whatsoever I think this is kind of a they probably will end up signing 
Declan Rice and they'll probably end up paying 90 million for him and this is just kind of a... <laughs> Even though they've poured cold water on it today. Well, that's it. It's a, day, it's a story in the Daily Star to say we want West Ham to lower their price because we'll just go and get somebody cheaper and I don't think Calvin Phillips would necessarily be cheaper. Why, why is he 30 million pounds less valuable than um, Declan Rice? I don't think that's even... That's probably just representative of his contract, I think. That'll be all. That's Maybe the only so. reason. But... I, this, you know, just seems like that kind of story of just like, yeah, they they want Declan Rice, he's too expensive, so they'll just go and sign the other one. They, they'll either, they'll probably spend it on some Dutch no-mark or cost 150 million and never play. <laughs> this is very much how they go about things. But that's it. It's, it's, I think it's more dependent now on when a club in the Champions League has that gap in their squad and they want him. Great. Well, I'm glad we've sold Calvin Phillips as, an, the win-win. as an opener for, the, for this show. Who next? Well, Rafinha. But the win-win... And, Maybe. Um, <laughs> but the win-win is he's achieved what he stayed to do, got us into the Premier League, and we will get that money to do... I would spend it a bit more creatively than Aston Villa did. I suppose their data approach um, after selling Jack Grealish, if they identified three players who would provide the same statistical output as one Jack Grealish and went and, and bought them all. But none of those signings really filled me with joy. But that £100 million quid or whatever could do a lot for our team going forward because I don't know where else we would necessarily get the money from because the only way we get to a higher level is the stadium redevelopment and that bringing in more income and that's years away from from happening. So and it's a different type of investment, isn't it? It's it's bricks and mortar. Um, it's a long-term investment yeah, that, but then that you that pay back over a number of years, whereas footballers, that you need to shell out a lot of money immediately, don't you? Yeah, and the only way we'll get the money to pay for footballers is yeah. if we build the stadium and that starts, yeah. people start buying a lot of cheese. Would it be controversial to call it the Calvin Phillips West stand while he's over the Pennines winning trophies? Mm. <laughs> uh, no. Well, we, we won't, you know, there shouldn't be any consideration given to spending and like to make clear there's no misunderstanding i don't mean we spend the money from selling calvin phillips on building the west stand yeah i mean the west stand project exists anyway and the the cop and the east stand by the sounds of it to get us to the sixty thousand pound stadium sixty thousand seater stadium and that then starts generating the money that you can spend on players and that's going to happen whatever we do as long as we stay in the premier league but the time it will take for that to start making money back is years so in the meantime all you can really do to raise yourself up is get better sponsorship deals than the clowns and no marks that we've got plastered all over the ship with apologies to boxty i'm sure their boilers are fine it's not them them i'm referring to you say boxty yeah okay that's how you're going for it is it (laughs) Uh, yeah i I admire you doubling down on it good and and selling players to buy players and it's the the way liverpool corrected isn't it sold coutinho Bought Van Dyke and Allison won everything. So there is a world after Calvin Phillips, and we just have to, um, yeah, embrace it. <laughs> no, well, I mean the, the, the idea of selling players it always hurts because I, I, you know, as a kid, I remember selling Batty and it being the end of the world. And you know, we saw Smith leave, and that really, really hurt. Even if deep down, maybe we understood he had to leave around that time. Maybe not there, but um, I think given the economics of the Premier League we sort of understand there's, there's a risk spreading element to it as well, isn't there? Like, you know, it's better to have a bunch of players who are worth slightly less and, you know, be able to buy, let's say, four players maybe with that money. So we don't have to have children on the bench every game. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it's awful being practical about it because we're all hugely attached to Calvin. And I know it sounds like we're sitting here justifying selling him, but I don't know. I just, I think it's just a, 
a, a pragmatic view, isn't it, of football? And with him in particular, part of the pragmatism comes out of a fondness for him. Because I would love for him to end his career with a Champions League medal. And I just don't think Leeds United, by the time he's 35, so 10 years from now, will have won the Champions League. So Negative Nancy? So the only way for him to be able to achieve that goal is to leave. And right. so... Oh, would, what an absolutely miserable start to this podcast. I would... Uh, what have you done? Well, I didn't even know that this was in the paper this morning until it was thrown in front of me by... And you, by me, and then so, you were meant to say, no, it's not happening. Instead, you've... you've well, it's not you're, happening. You're waving goodbye to him. He's not going to scum, and he's not going during this season. But it is, like I said, it is... I think it's dependent on, I've thought for a while, dependent on what Champions League club wants a defensive midfielder. Hmm. That's when the decision will, will have to be made and then we just have to make sure we get... I mean, he was going to sod off to Aston Villa. He didn't even... He don't even care anyway. He had to be, he had to be blackmailed into staying. Well, while we're continuing on this uh, well, no, tip, but, Rafinha, he's been linked to Barcelona. Have you seen that? Don't know what they're going to buy him with. Magic beans, maybe, but... Yeah, they, they seem to still be able to buy players it, again weirdly to be linked with him they're having to sell everyone not so long ago because they they couldn't afford to keep a single player was more that was the more or less the gist of it wasn't it yeah is this some confusion on our <laughs> our sheet here where you've you've collated the news because what i'm looking at is that jack jenkins is being linked with barcelona and you're telling me it's actually <laughs> rafinha is that in the wrong place uh, that might be in the wrong place although jack jenkins possibly thinking... more within their price range <laughs> it's a bloody good job we got him tied down if phillips is off and we don't know who rafinha is being jack jenkins to. by the way sounds like sort of a, a pop folk artist who you'd hear on radio too doesn't he <laughs> he's got a nice album out but anyway yeah rafinha you know rafinha's the one that's going to barcelona right, okay. oh. for um, in a swap deal with I presumably about 10 of their other players because they have no cash. Because all the Super League clubs are skint, aren't they? And that's why they're all... And they've obviously been punished. That's why yeah, they've been punished um, and they're all reining in that spending, aren't they now? But so, um, Rafinha's had another Brazil call-up and there is chat of them excluding footballers from quarantine. Maybe this is a way around this sort of impasse that we, we saw at the September international window as we head in towards October because that's happening in the next week or two, another break from the season. I know you were joking about the um, Super League thing then, but I do have more optimism about being able to keep Rafinha than Calvin Phillips just because of the state of some of those clubs where they're, they are, I mean, Barcelona are trying to get players for nothing, basically doing swap deals and free transfers and loans and stuff. And there's not a lot of clubs throwing that kind of money around who would want him. I can, I can picture 90 million or 70 million for Calvin Phillips to an English top four club or even... Um, a continental side with a, a chance of the Champions League. He can't go to Scum and he can't go to Bayern Munich. Those are two conditions. But they might want him. Whereas who, who's going to pay like 50 million quid for Rafinha? I'm not sure if he's good enough that a team in the top Champions League places would want to spend... Football's is full of idiots. Full, it is so, full of idiots. I could, more, I could more easily see Aston Villa spending £60 million on him than... Liverpool spending sixty million pounds on him. That's what I kind of feel about him. I feel I don't feel like he's got the um he's quite got what they need in the, the Champions League. So I'm not sure Chelsea aren't gonna sign Rafinha, are they? Over summer Liverpool were being linked with him and it was wasn't it twenty million quid plus we got to have Javier Elliott on loan for a season, I think was but um, we're not having him now. Dodged a bullet there, didn't Absolutely. we? 
bloody bendy legs, plasticine ankles, or whatever he's got. Was this Michael Owen's information, though? Or, <laughs> you know, so links... no, it was, it was just scouts Twitter just links, deciding uh, they could have our players because yes, no he's money. good and they want him. And the, there will be an element of that. And you know, he's certainly scoring all the goals for us. Although, if he could shoot quickly, then he'd maybe score some more because it was the same thing with. Um, God. Yeah, because Click didn't give He's on about choice. Newcastle, isn't he? And then also against um, West Ham when he, he controlled the ball on the edge of the box and he kind of, he went all golf about it. Of, oh, well, around there and it hit the pucks. The so, level of criticism reserved for Rafinha and Calvin Phillips. Yeah. And certain certain golden boys get not a, not a word against Our them. Our new superstar wingers. Exactly. Yeah, not a word uh, said against them. Did very a, well. I thought he did well. He was brilliant. Like Against West Ham, Rafinha was absolutely outstanding. But then, but if we're talking about him getting into a, a Champions League team and them spending the money it would take to sign him, then I don't know which one of those would. Mm. would I agree with you. For, for, what, for what it's worth, I think he's stuff. just that little bit short of that level at the minute. And he may get yeah. there. He may improve yeah. playing in the Premier League for an, another season and, and reaching those levels because he was in, you know, raw, uh, kind of qualified for Europe by mistake. <laughs> with it's, him, it's Ren, you know. So he uh, he's improving all the time and he's um and you know even going away to brazil and and training with neymar charleston a few days yeah <laughs> um gives him that chance but then yeah i don't know where there's a, a gap for him in those clubs so we could maybe keep him so we'll sell calvin this summer and then the year after then it's rafinha well Great. no we'll, we'll keep rafinha for the rest of his career we'll just be really really miserable <laughs> i wish he could leave uh, it looks at this stage like we're keeping Adam Forshaw for the rest of his career i really feel bad for him i feel really sorry for him it's gone well beyond the joke and into but well, it's genuine sort of tragedy now, isn't it? The the fact that he just cannot get fit. Well, it's just you, know, you could maybe you could maybe call it a, <laughs> a what perpetual. You could maybe maybe call it a heartbreaking tragedy, or you could call it a normal setback in a recovery from a long term injury. Yeah, which, I know, but for, for to have two years out and then another month, it just it feels like it. Well, it just feel perpetual. It feels like the recovery from a, a long term injury that you're gonna have. You, you are more exposed to... Yeah, I mean, you might tests. view it as normal, but I'm, am I not allowed to have sympathy for a man who's not played football, yeah, but which is his, his chosen career, and he's not played for two years. There's a difference. And I'm saying it's just really sad for him. You were saying it was a tragedy. For him. It's not, a tra- it's not even a tragedy for no. him. I'm sure he doesn't need to hear that it's a tragedy. He mm. just needs to hear that, oh, I hope, you, I hope you sort it out soon and get back playing. Not, let's... So when you're forced into retirement at the end of the season... Well, this, that's not sympathy for him. That's writing him off. No, well, that's what you're doing. So no, you're I saying it, I shouldn't feel sympathy for him? No, I'm saying you should feel sympathy for him, but you should support him by saying... I do support him. Give it a month, you'll be back. Not saying it's he, an absolute he's not watching tragedy this. and you'll never play again. He's he, not watching this. He'll, well, what else is he going to do? He's not training, is he? <laughs> Lazy bastard. <laughs> it is bad, but also like I am wary of going overboard on the idea that Adam Forshaw is finished, it's tragedy and he should retire and all this. It's... These things happen when you're coming back for a long-term injury. It doesn't help us and it doesn't help him and it's going to make his life more difficult, but you'd hope he can keep a more positive attitude towards it of like, okay, it's a tear in the thigh, it's a month, I get through that, I get fit again, we keep going. I think I might when cry, cry played, if I tore my thigh. When he, Well, that's the other thing. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like it really hurts. Yeah, the pain element it always gets um, forgotten in, in these sort of situations where it's go, oh, well, forget about it. That's got to hurt, tearing a muscle in your thigh. I've even sometimes I'll just um, like pull a bit of muscle in the calf <laughs> while I'm lying down. Oh, now that's a tragedy. <laughs> and, it's a, and it hurts, and then just kind of pop it back and have to massage it a bit. But um, well, what I think then is, I think it's, it's okay. He'll get off the couch eventually, and his leg will be fine. I'm not, not going to call it a tragedy yet. Yeah. Because he'll have a fucking go at me in a podcast studio for <laughs> saying the wrong thing. 
Michael. It's a bit awkward. It's a bit awkward, isn't it? Um, <laughs> First of perpetual injuries, now this. I mean, I, I do I do keep prodding you with the perpetual injuries. Adam Forster, it, it does have perpetual injuries. I mean, it, yeah. this is this must be, I think, his, is it his third setback since he was fit again? Because he had one at the end of last season that's his second this mm. year, isn't it? So, yeah, it's um, it's it's tough. And when we have seen him, he's kind of looked fine as yeah. well. That's the thing. He's, look, he's looked like he could be actually fairly useful. Not necessarily want him starting games or... You could even bring him on to change things, but as someone who can play in midfield, which we we don't have very many of, um, that's what that's what exacerbates it, isn't it? Looked fine. We're so light on bodies in midfield that to again, I'm going back to Radrazani's unhelpful tweets about this. I just I don't think that's particularly helped for sure in terms of. I mean, you're having to go at me for mentioning it and using the wrong words, but I don't think Radrazani saying he's the answer to our uh, new midfielder problems is helpful for anybody. He was trying to be supportive, wasn't he? But he was just being a bit dumb. Mm, I think so. And he got involved in another little uh, verbal contretemps over the uh, over the weekend, didn't he? With people flagging up that tweet and him biting back. I just, I just think it's not for the best. Just don't do it. <laughs> I mean, you're entitled to have an opinion, and I'm sure. Do you know what? When you when you own a football club and you've done so much good for it, it must really hurt, and it must like stick in the craw when people are having to go at you about stuff. Um, and your skin's that thin. But you've just got to rise above it, haven't you? Because it doesn't help anyone getting involved in it. Twitter's not sensible. It's not mm. real life. Nor is this podcast. It's, you know, it's, in the, it's daft and reactionary. It can get. the the um, I was going to characterise it as weeping about us not signing a, a midfielder in retrospect. can get very tiring. Like, we're not going to sign one in September now, so I don't know what we can No, the window's closed. Banging on about it. Mm. And we mentioned on the propaganda podcast you know what people say it's criminal and negligent we know for a fact that it's not like everybody at Leeds sat around going tell you what we'll do for a laugh let's not sign a midfielder because that'll be really funny they tried to sign something they they wanted I think they did they tried to sign some that they wanted couldn't they couldn't have well they didn't want to pay for the fee for one from Huddersfield quote Moscow I couldn't afford him and then the other one decided he wanted to go to Crystal Palace and then the rest of it I don't know. I didn't. I don't know if I saw there was the guy from is it Coop Miners who went to Italy who looked really good, but then it seemed like he always wanted to go to Italy. Did he go to Atlanta? I think yeah, he did. Like he always wanted to go there, so it was never really an option. Obviously, there was Rodrigo de Paul, but he's expensive. They've all ended up in the Champions League. Well, exactly. So it's kind of are we are we were we going to be able to get those players in the first place? Can you could we have tempted Rodrigo de Paul? Yes. When Atletico Madrid I, I came on. I put a lot of work into that. And, and got him. And then the other side of it is whether, because when you remember the way that Victor Orta prefers to work, it's about, not just about who's available now, but it's it's about finding the players and then lining up when they're actually available. So that's how Rafinha came. It wasn't just a random, we, we he suddenly appeared in a search on Football Manager and we got him. There'd been the work put in so that we were at the front of the queue so that when things went wrong for him at Oran, Deco is straight on the phone to Victor Orta and said, you know, you were talking to me about him six months ago. Oh, he's available now. And I wonder if there's a player or players available next summer who represent better value than anything that they could go get after Conor Gallagher and Lewis O'Brien this time. And then it is, it's a balance and it's a, it's a risk, but maybe not a stupid one to say, well, we could spend... £30 million pounds on a midfielder now, but there is a player as good as that coming available 
next summer for £15 million, who we like more. So Who can lead the charge to the front in the championship. Well, but then you, you also then got to give a little bit more credit sometimes, I think, to Phillips, Dallas and Click, who didn't really have any problems keeping us in the top half of the table last season. So the, the risk there is that we've not added, we didn't subtract anything in the middle of the pitch this summer. And yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a risk. I would add Lewis Bate looks good. <laughs> Great. I'm surprised in a way that I'm surprised he's not made the bench yet because he looks a step above anybody else around him in the under 23s running games, comfortable range of passing. Everything's nice bit of them um, bite to his tackling and stuff. And it's not in a kind of a, he, he looks, and he's come from Chelsea. So he's, and there's the idea there that if, if Billy Gilmore can play for Norwich, then Lewis Bake shouldn't be far enough away for us. And it's what I was saying on propaganda as well of the, you can start to feel that strategy working of our defenders get injured, strike Creswell are in the under 23s waiting. So, you know, touch wood that. Well, now tragedy has befall- well, well, and- befallen for sure. There is that midfield spot on the bench potentially opening up. So you never know. We might well, see. It's him. amazing. He's not been on the bench yet, has he? And no. he didn't get into it at Fulham. It's quite. Um, I don't know if it's about him not being here long enough yet, or or maybe Bielsa just. He's probably about three. He's, he's a pound overweight or something like that. That's what it'll be. It could be, but he looks decent, and um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he can do stuff. And then you know, we don't even need to worry. We've got Mateus Bogus. Mateus Bogus is coming back. Have you seen he's been ripping it up in Ibiza like with the Venga boys? He's been having a great time, hasn't he? <laughs> it's a great goal, I have to say. He's in the Spanish second division, isn't he, at the moment, which is probably... Higher than Pablo. True. So better than yep. Pablo. Okay. Mm-hmm. He'll be coming against Samu Saiz. Samu Saiz was pretty good, actually, as well, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, it's a good goal. I'd feel bad bringing him back from his Instagram. He looks like he's having the... Time of his life, to be honest. Do you want to think, think, piss dragging, about on a yacht in Ibiza, or do you want to be in Beeston in the in the winter? Dragging him back. I don't know what the recall things are. I think running around, running around a bloody field. You can recall people in transfer windows, can't you? If you've got the right, that's the football manager rule, anyway. <laughs> so um, dragging him from there, from his yacht to um, the winter in Beeston, as we're <laughs> languishing in the relegation zone with the the hopes of a, a football club resting on his shoulders, I think you'd be great for him. <laughs> well, 23s are genuinely doing all right, aren't they, there in uh, in Premier League 1? Uh, it was a four-all draw with Blackburn. Throwing it away. Never mind doing well. Throwing away a lead in young, this one. Young Gelhart, though, is still just being completely ridiculous. It was a shame to see Gelhart basically not touch it against Fulham, wasn't it? Because every time you see him in the 23s, he does something absolutely brilliant. And there was a goal in this where he just... Well, in fact, both goals were really good, but the first one where he just picks it up on the right-hand side of the box and cuts in and, and finishes. But even the second one, he's just really tidy feet and yeah, manages to beat, tackle someone, then beats a man, kicks it really hard past the goalkeeper. Is he better as a 9 or a 10? I think he, I think he needs to play up front. I'd have him up front for us, personally. Not, yeah. I mean, not necessarily ahead of Bamford or Rodrigo, it's worth saying, but I, that's where I would like to see him play. It's hard to say because outside of the goals in this game, there wasn't a lot of Joffy per minute and I the older uh, JPM stat mm, and I was wondering about this after Fulham and I I have a feeling that might have been his chance and he didn't take it because Bielsa was weirdly annoyed in his post-match press conference I don't know if it's because they had him sitting in the dark in a corner of a room in, in Fulham but he was a little bit more normally he'll he'll be quite positive he's like yeah that was an average performance we didn't nobody was good and you see Tyler Roberts started at nine in that game and then when the weekend comes around he's on the bench so you can see he didn't do what was required and then 
Joffy came on and the difference between Joffy and Charlie Creswell is that in the press conference in between, Bielsa said that previously at Newcastle, Ayling got injured and I decided to bring on Shackleton and put Calvin Phillips into defence because I wasn't totally sure about Charlie Creswell. I can't ignore the way he played against Fulham. He's changed my mind and then he starts the next game. Whereas people are asking, why didn't Joffy come off the bench against West Ham? I think it might be because he came off the bench against Fulham and Bielsa watched him essentially do nothing. He praised his penalty and it was good that he, you know, the strength of character to score in the penalty shootout. He didn't do anything wrong, but he wasn't involved and didn't dominate the game. And this is the step up from under 23s to Premier League is very big. Even the championship is big and he was playing against championship defenders against Fulham. And it might be a little bit like Charlie Creswell against Hull in the Carabao Cup last year where he had his debut and Bielsa watched that and said, let's go and sign Llorente because he's not ready. Um, and now here we are a year later and he, he's got him back in the team in the Carabao Cup and goes, that's what I wanted to see a year ago. Now I will pick him whenever there's a, a gap. Calvin can stay in midfield. That's all sorted. But then I wonder, so what's the next opportunity for Joffe if I'm right in this kind of feeling that he didn't take that chance? Because everybody always says, I'm not being harsh on him, when you get the chance at the first team, you've got to take it. And nobody came away from the Fulham game going, he was cheered on, yeah, roared yeah. on. I think with a little bit too much pressure based often on highlights like the goals against um, Blackburn and no. didn't then do it. So it's then I'm worried then when his next chance is because Arsenal in the next round is kind of a weird draw for those kind of things because you, do you give him a spin in that match? I'd like to because yeah, yeah. I think he's going to be brilliant. I'd like him to start getting more opportunities and I'd like him to be starting matches by the end of the season. But it seems just from the way Bielsa described and narrated that change in Creswell, I don't think it made me think retrospective. I was like, oh, was, did Joffy not do it? It'd be a bit harsh because he didn't get long, did he, against Fulham? And he, he came on at a stage where the game had broken down into mm. pretty much nothing. It's a harsh world, Whereas, Michael. But, but Creswell got to start, didn't he? And it was it's much easier to start a game. And it's than, easier to defend as well. We were saying this after yeah. Fulham that he's kind of got an easier job. Joffy's gone on there, asked to create something, and he only had to. Only had, but yeah, McKinstry was on the the wing with him, so he didn't have the benefit of Rafinha and um, Harrison and all our best players making things for him. So, but then Creswell a year ago was in defence next to Ollie Casey, and so he had to put up with the same kind of situation. And it is kind of uh, it's down to the players sometimes to say this is this is your big opportunity that you've been waiting for. If you don't score a double hat trick of overhead, <laughs> we kits. will bomb you out. But it's and so it's not my. <laughs> Just to clarify, it's not my kind of rating. It's me looking at what Bielsa was saying about Send Creswell him to the West Coast on loan. And, saying, saying. Uh, and wondering if maybe that's he didn't get from uh, Gellhart what he needed. So he's kind of got a, a bit of a reality check just mm. for him to kind of... And that's as it should be. It shouldn't come easy because it's the Premier League. And if he becomes a Premier League footballer, he'll be a, a billionaire when we sell him to Chelsea. <laughs> um, so it's, 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 it's not as, uh, as simple as... Um, as getting in, and then just to polish all that off, people will say, "Well, how come Tyler Roberts keeps getting picked?" But then, and nobody knows the answer to that one. Well, safe op- Moscow does. Now, it's, it's how, it, it, goes, it goes on all the time. And Tyler Roberts is—he was—he's not been brilliant so far this year. But you know, we've won games with him in the team, haven't we? Yeah, so it can't be terrible. He's got the experience, and from Bielsa's point of view, safe option off the bench. And what he did against West Ham was—he couldn't come close to what Rafinha had been doing on the right wing, but he did 
just play with Shackleton and Click to create chances down the right. We were much more dangerous still on the right hand side where Tyler Roberts was than old COVID Jack on the uh, the left. <laughs> Bless him. When can't, he... can, we can't get through a show without that praise coming out, can we? With reference to the kids, by the way, um, really praise. There, there is risk attached to the old Sean Harvey bastard offspring pizza pot, whatever it's called, mm. tonight. The under 21s plus some other older boys. You're allowed some older, so you're allowed some bigger boys, aren't you, in this, I think, yeah, as long as they've not played. Talking about the Papa Johns, we're playing all the games or something. tonight as we record this. I mean, think of the risk attached to this, given that everyone is panic buying petrol at the minute. If you drive over there from Leeds and you've not got enough in your tank, you can end up stuck in Oldham on a Tuesday night. Now, just imagine what that scenario would be like. I've been to Oldham on a Tuesday night. It was um, cold. It's always cold. I mean, like it's, I remember. it's late summer now, just the timestamp. It's late summer, very back end of the summer. But it's still quite quite warm for the time of year, isn't it? Outside, like, you know, temperatures in the sort of high teens or thereabouts, bit of rain here and there. Oldham, it'll be like the South Pole tonight because it always is. I might prefer that. I might go. Because Saturday was muggy. I didn't like it. I nearly nominated the weather as a villain. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Stop that one dead there, Moscow. Thanks. And just to bookend this part of the podcast then, you went to see Leeds United Women featuring our very own Olivia Smart. I did. She uh, she did as proud did Olivia Smart, actually. It's, um, they play it. We sponsor her, by the way. We don't own her. Yes, just, correct. Yeah. yeah. There's no third party ownership going on either. <laughs> we sponsor her and they play the games at Tadcaster, which is kind of a like a small non-league ground and as part of the, the kind of vibe at non-league there's a sign up saying like we don't swear here or something like trying to make it kid friendly and stuff I was right by the corner where Olivia took her first corner that went straight into the side netting and a big fucking hell came out of From her mouth her potty mouth <laughs> so we've done the right thing and we've sponsored an absolutely foul-mouthed individual which I think uh, I think she does square ball proud yeah, but, well, she didn't, she didn't swear. We did the extra ball with Olivia, which is great. By the way, you can see the video if you are a, a TSB Plus subscriber. It's on the website. Have a look at the watch bit. Very, very nice person and spoke very humbly about her experience with Leeds. I didn't know we'd, we'd sponsored a potty mouth. Yeah, she's quite furious on the pitch, which is as it should be. It's good, enough. I think. <laughs> so, but they were very good, actually. They won They won 3-1 against Chester Street, but should have, could probably won by an, another few. I think from reading the Kath Hamill column in the Yorkshire Evening Post this morning, Tuesday morning, she mentions that Olivia had come straight from work and hadn't been to bed. So it sounded like she'd done a, she'd done a, night, done a night shift. And then, um, so that explains what I mean, corners shouldn't be going the side netting, should they? That's the first thing. You wouldn't get that in the Premier League. But no. then also, you probably wouldn't have had people like working in a hospital overnight before coming <laughs> to no the excuse, <laughs> so the, uh, the, the No excuse, Moscow. pathetic. The development of, uh, she can be forgiven a few in the swear jar. Have you heard of the false nine? Phil Hayes doing this. He's bandying around this fancy football language. False nine. What is a false nine? I've seen us play without a striker a few times. <laughs> if that's the same thing. <laughs> I don't think he's, talk- he's not at the Steve Morrison days, is it? No. Okay. No, talking about Rodrigo. Good article by Phil on The Athletic this week, if you want to uh, check that out. The podcast is brought to you in association with The Athletic. And you can get 50% off an annual sub at the minute, which is 30 quid for the year at theathletic.com forward slash the square ball. And of course, as part of this, we do the podcast with him, the Phil Hayes Show, later on in the week. Looking forward to that one, where Phil will tell us what's wrong. We always get the... Uh, it's turning into therapy now. We get it straight after the uh, the Bielsa presser, don't we? So we just get to learn which of our good players are not <laughs> going to be playing at the weekend. So that's always a joy. <laughs> uh, Theathletic.com forward slash the square ball to sign up for The Athletic and look out for the podcast on both YouTube and on your audio feed as well later on in the week. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. 
From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. In this bit, then, we will preview Watford. What do you know about Watford? Elton John. Marlon King. Graham Taylor. Graham Taylor. John, John Barnes. Barnes. John Barnes, really good. We killed a man. Who did we kill him? It was Don Polion killed a man. Yeah. Mm. Yes, it was their goalkeeper. That's my most it? recent memory of Watford. And this is not to be disparaging about Watford. I think even Watford fans, and I'm sure Angus Kinnear as a Luton fan would agree, Watford not necessarily the most glamorous or high profile of clubs. Oh, interesting. In the, well, no, I was skirting around that. but <laughs> Watford, the obvious reason why Angus Kinnear won't let us have a yellow away kit, I would say. That's their biggest crime. If they'd have only played in... Lilac, we could have a nice yellow away kit now instead. It's a shame. They had a really exciting kit last year. With um, They had all, all the stripes were kind of exploding out of the badge being there on the chest. Um, and they've just gone for hoops this year. So It's an awful shirt, is their shirt, I have to say. This year? Yeah, yeah. dreadful. And it looks like, I can't read the sponsors, but it looks like it's a stroke, is, is what you read. Is, when it, you first a, read it. is it a Chinese betting firm? I'm almost certain it will it be. Is. Yes. I mean, yeah, we don't need to give them the publicity and then a, a red away kit as well is um, never a good thing so send them down do you think they must be um, they'll have to play in red against us won't they why because they're playing yellow and black so mm, I would stick them in the red why <laughs> I mean genuinely why they don't have to change what, what's your reasoning the yellow's probably a bit too close to our white you think in a referee's eyes hmm. Hmm, you, you can sure. see it in a boy's eyes <laughs> <laughs> okay as, uh, who sang that? Oh, I'm just looking. Yeah, it is a betting firm, but they've got it's sort of a gradient fade between the yellow and the black hoops, isn't it? It's not your distinguished hoop on that. Jamelia. Jamelia sang Sea yeah. in the Boys' oh, Eyes. Yeah, yeah. It's a really good song, that. And it, yeah, it is a betting firm on their shirts. Uh, yeah, no, nah, yeah, that's that's not a nice kit, yeah. is it? Comrade, I don't feel the same with my foot to the floor. Are you, are you doing lyrics now? That's Jamelia okay. lyrics, yeah. Thanks. Never mind. Uh, they're doing all right, though. They've had a. They've had a Decent-ish start, 12th, hovering around the middle, but it's been a fairly soft start relative to, I think, who we've faced. They've had Villa, mind you, Brighton. They lost to Brighton, <laughs> tabletop in Brighton almost. Uh, they played Palace, Watford, Wolves. They haven't played, haven't played Watford, they are Watford. Sorry, they are Watford, yeah. 
I'm at, not I'm played at, themselves. That would have been rel- so, relatively easy. I'm try that again. They so. even got to, they got to play Stoke as well. Who aren't you know? The, not even not throwing in a championship team. We could beat them. So sorry, Villa, and Bright, Villa, Brighton, <laughs> Palace, Spurs, Wolves, Norwich, Stoke, which feels like a cheat, and Newcastle. Yeah. That's not. It's not been a particularly taxing start, is it? Yeah, it's just throwing that the Palace game was also in the cup, and it's an interesting thing to kind of reassure ourselves a little bit about form. That yeah, Watford can get up to to twelfth, but then you see these games. So they lost two 0 to Brighton, but then uh, we're recording the day after Brighton were about to go top of the table, weren't they? And then they could only draw one one with Crystal Palace, and like Crystal Palace have been getting a lot of rep for the way they've started the season, and you know Patrick Vieira's revolution, and we've been saying. Conor Gallagher in midfield all oh, looks like we should be they've only won one game from memory and I think that was beating Spurs when they were down to 10 men wasn't it yeah and they lost so Watford the Hornets lost to Tottenham and then Tottenham who were top of the table three weeks ago are now bottom of the table and it's over for them and it's all over and they do look absolute trash so it's a you know they let Norwich score so there's um there's a real mixture. And then, yeah, we were complaining about our resort against Newcastle because I think Newcastle are going to disappear without a trace, which by rights they should, but that's a 1-1 draw. So it's all form is temporary, isn't it? And there's, I think there's some lessons in there for the way our season has started with three draws and three defeats, but that can quickly a, a win makes A win against these lot makes it look a hell of a lot better instantly overnight, doesn't it? But yeah. this is the start of a run of fixtures for us that... Well, I think this is the run of fixtures that defines our season. And because we haven't given ourselves a right lot of wriggle room in the early weeks, we need to start um, yeah. start winning. If we don't win in this, or we don't win a bunch of these games coming up, then it starts to feel like more of a battle that I think ultimately against relegation we would win. But it would be nice to pull clear of that now and just... Um, Calm everybody the fuck down. Cheer you up for a start. I'm that fine. Nice. I, you know, I'm fine now. Now it's come around to Tuesday. Tuesday lunchtime, I'm fine. I'm over the result. I mean, I was disappointed in the wake of it on the match ball, but what I do to get over it is just not engage in it whatsoever. As I was sort of mentioning on uh, propaganda, I'll just divorce myself from it for like for the whole of Sunday. Didn't do anything to do with football. Rubbish. Good. Stupid sport. There's good news in Watford's style of play anyway, because uh, our friends at whoscored.com have done their detailed analysis of this, say that their style of play is to play in their own half. So they're not going to score many doing that, are they? So that's a clean sheet straight away. Mm, just like they're very good, very strong at counter-attacks, though, which is seems to be our... Uh, not if they're only going to play in their own half, though. If they get to halfway and they're like, all right, that, that, enough, lads. If you're going to be, Stop there. If you're going to be doing lyrics, Moscow, what do you make of their manager? I don't even know who their who manager is, is. Yeah, that's a good question. Cisco. Who? Cisco. Oh, it's Cisco, isn't it? From the Thong song. song. Thong song, man, yeah. Yeah, I could you forget. Could you sing the thong song for us, Moscow? Please? No, I'm not going to do that. Dumps like a truck? Truck, truck. I'm aware that, yeah. that those are some of the words from Thong Song by Cisco. Yes, but I'm never gonna. I'm not going to be singing it for you. It's um, <laughs> Watford just keep cycling through. I don't mean to be rude about their current incumbent, but they're just very generic kind of championshipy Watford managers, aren't they? And they probably come from Udinese because that's all that they do. Um, so it's difficult to remember who actually they are. I mean, and, I uh, I look at their their lineup on much the same tip and. I don't recognise a single player. Tom Cleverley. Is it Tom Cleverley? No, it's Tom Cleverley. Oh, I recognise him. Uh, Backman, their keeper, I recognise from Turner and Overdrive. <laughs> they've got Danny Rose now. Where's he? He plays for him. He doesn't start necessarily. Oh, he's not on this they've graphic. Got right, they've okay. got him. He's That's very not... much a, a can't be asked. I'll just play for Watford move though, isn't it? <laughs> All right. oh, nobody good wants me. I'll just go with Watford. We should recognise Cisco because he did play against us in 
was it the Champions League he played for Valencia uh-huh. um, against us when we were um, doing that kind of thing. That kind of thing being being good. <laughs> yeah. did, he play, did he play in the Champions League or did he play in the friendly that Simon Walton was sent off in? It was the friendly. It might have been yeah, that, he was Valencia B until 2003 and then yeah, he, he's uh, so he's part of the kind of the um, Pablo Hernandez generation from Valencia. So we do have a little bit of familiarity with him and he went to Levante but it would have been long after Ian Hart's time so there's no crossover there real Betis in between those two Mm -hmm. so he's not you know he's not nobody but um he has come to Watford after managing Dinamo Tbilisi Hey, I'm just reading about... Where he did play on the games. About Cisco, actually. You know the lyrics, she was living La Vida Loca, mm-hmm. that are in the Thong song? They're obviously well, from Ricky Martin's song, Living La Vida Loca. The writers of that song actually got credited on Thong song as a result of that. Yeah, and they took loads of the money, so you can, we can, once the algorithm on YouTube gets a, load, a, a grip of that, oh, we'll be... God. Well, now we'll be discounted for advertising on this one, won't we, now? Because we're singing songs by a different artist. Damn, we shouldn't have even mentioned it, so don't perform it, Moscow, actually. And... Put your trousers back on. I mean, we're, we're, we're handing money over them. to Jamelia. We're handing money over to Ricky Martin, Cisco. Are you, all... are, you, um, are you at all worried about this game against Watford at the weekend? I'm worried insofar as if they take a lead, I think we'll see the first bit of proper panic. Will it be panic? Will it be road. descent? Will it be nerves? What will it manifest itself if Watford, like? If Watford are winning at half-time, there'll be boos, is what I'm going to predict. Which I don't think we've not actually... We'll be losing to Everton at some point. I can't remember. The crowd has been on side with us anyway this season, is, is the point I'm making. We lost against West Ham, and at the end, people clapped. If we lose against Watford, I don't think people will clap at the end, which is my main uh, concern. <laughs> I think we have a good chance, given that in their uh, table of aerial battles won from whoscored.com, I assume this is per match, Troy Deeney is up there with three. He plays for Birmingham City. I was going to say he's left. Yeah. So if one of their best players is at Lee Bowie's Birmingham, then I don't think we need to worry too much about the ones that are left. I mean, we don't mean to be disparaging about Watford at all, yeah, I don't think. Don't but, mind. But we, we should be winning this. We've got, we? we have got to win this. We just we just have to. <laughs> I don't, I can't, I mean, I like predicting us to lose, don't I? But I think we will win this. So that's, that's a mark of, of how much I think we should win it. Because we have I'm had, willing to put, I'm willing to actually say that. We have had multiple requests through the week for us to stop making predictions on the podcast. Okay, I don't predict that. It does. It doesn't. I don't know what'll happen. It has no bearing on the outcome, does it? I mean, I've predicted every week that we'll win. So why why change now? I was told by Hay to predict that we'd lose, and that didn't work either because I think we drew. I think it's a lesson for for football and indeed for life. What you do really doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone listening to this doesn't really matter. No, I was sitting behind Phil Hay um, a few rows. Does, does that warrant a? Yeah, I'll give it a, a, give little, it a, a yeah. muted one. During the uh, the game, the West Ham game on Saturday, and I noticed he had um, Twitter on his laptop screen, and he, he just seemed to be staring at a Hearts of Midlothian goal gif. <laughs> so what was happening on the pitch seemed to be irrelevant, or at least he was keeping it on his screen in front of him, maybe as some kind of comfort. Yeah. So he could, just, he could just keep looking back. They won 3-0, but something for him to maybe keep looking back to and go, good, we're, we're winning, that's good. Mm. So that's um, that was funny. Well, well, we'll talk to Phil on the Phil Hay show. Um, Ask him. He can update us on which of our horrendously injured players uh, I, might not, be fit again. I want to chuck, right chuck, chuck him under the bus actually a little bit because he did text me at half time against West Ham saying that Leeds would win, and I'm and I want to go on record and say that now because 
well, this is what it's about, isn't it? Chucking each other under the bus. I'm going to, Phil, hey, text me. I'm going to give you one of them. All right. They're only a point off the top. He, just because he doesn't text you. Hearts. Correct. It's Rangers, Hibs, Hearts, Motherwell. Well, I'd be pleased that Hibs are just above. Well, this is it. It could be a an Edinburgh battle for the, the Scottish. What do they give them? Probably the, a Bookfast Cup. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's good. Happy for him. What are we getting on the weekend, Moscow? Oh, loads of wins. Are we, are we getting three points? Yes. Are, you, are either of you prepared to go on record and predict a score here? Yeah, fine. Two in leads. 3-0 leads. 4-0 leads. <laughs> okay, okay. I was going to go 3-0, but I thought, why not? Just just go crazy. It could be. We said this about, um, so this is why it didn't work, but the, the, the West Ham game could have clicked, couldn't it? And it kind of had that feel of like, we may just, this will be the one where we finally get a, an unexpected win. What we got was an unexpected, really good performance. I think we played better than most people thought we would. And then a, a typical Leeds United 21-22 and probably Leeds United 102 years kicking the bollocks for mm. thinking we would win. Watford, they don't have the bollock kicking ability that we need to fear. I think we'll play as well as we did against West Ham United. And I don't know what the injury updates are, but we'll have Stroik will be available unless he gets injured. And hopefully Jackie will be feeling a little bit more like himself after recovering from COVID. And Daniel James will have got some sleep um, and won't have spent the week sipping around in a helicopter visiting maternity wards and Craven Cottage. Yeah. So he really did. He really was dividing his time um, in the run up to the game and neither of them really played very well. But there's, so there's, there's more to come from them in particular. And we'll just, yeah, we'll play, we'll play really well against Watford, beat them. Everything will be fine. It's actually, I've just realised it's, it's not, Leeds United style to go out and just blast it away as a 4-0 that's, I think that's what I hope but I think deep down I think it'll probably be a really nervous 2-1 where there'll be a massive sigh of relief at full time when we get it over the line that's absolutely fine by me I'm quite, I'm quite happy to come back in here annoyed with three points yeah fair, yeah, fair enough it's the points that counts isn't it so uh, three wins great uh, allow the barracking to begin time is running out Time is running out. It's like transfer deadline day. You know, like maybe we should have a countdown clock in the corner, mercilessly counting down to the end of September because that's when the 15% discount ends on conveyancing instructions with Levi solicitors. TikTok. TikTok. In fact, Michael, you can you be Jim White? Put on a yellow tie. I, I, w- I will advise everyone to not make a hasty purchase. But if, I mean, if you are moving house anyway, you might as well uh, <laughs> You might as well do this. Way to sell it. Yeah. But, um, but I mean, don't go and buy a house just... Like immediately, just because you're trying to you're trying to save a percentage. Yeah. But um, if you are buying a house, then do. Wow. You but bro- make sure you buy a house you want. <laughs> I mean, Levi's are going to love that. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, don't make a bad decision. <laughs> do do the opposite of what Michael says. Don't do a don't buy a Jean Kevin Augustin house. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> Get a good, solid, well built house, but do go through Levi's uh, for your conveyancing instructions. As we're saying, like the offer, the 15 percent discount reverts to 10 percent at the end of September, so you only have a matter of days to get on that but get in touch with Levi's mention our name and you will secure 15% off your legal fees and the upside have your dream home much sooner trying to put a positive spin on this idiot idiot rumbling nonsense don't Don't buy a house house. (laughs) (laughs) levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball go and buy a house heroes and villains now part three of the show who's done good and who's done bad by us across the last seven days in the world of football Right, let's do, first of all, the Ken Bates Villain of the Week Award. We throw this open as well to our TSB Plus subscribers who let us know who they think their heroes and villains are. I mean, 
top of the list here. Antonio's got an absolute load, hasn't he? Adrian, Daniel, Johnny, Katie, Marco, Jack, Adsham, Morpheus denied. Interesting name. Ryan, Liam, Ben and Craig, among many, many others, nominating him for that, uh, that elbow and trying to hurt our young French goalkeeper's face. And for scoring the winner. That can't be underrated. He might have got away with the elbow. There may have been less of a landslide of opprobrium towards him if he just stopped. But he went and scored the winner as well. So you can't have both. It's a choice. You either punch Melier out or score the winner. Not both. Yeah, I feel a bit um I feel a bit of an affinity to Antonio for some reason. I don't know, I've always quite liked him. <laughs> until same, until same physique. Very similar, yeah. yeah. Very similar. You, we tend to go to the gym. I spot him sometimes yeah. when he's um when, yeah. he's, when he's bench pressing, but I, don't, I feel like I've, I've have, you got, have you got that to that point now where there's kind of you don't speak really, but there's a knowing you know you know that you recognise one or the other. Like, all right, mate, just well, the game knows game and all yeah, that. Yeah, as they yeah, say, yeah, yeah. just uh, yeah. I don't know. If he's played for Sheffield Wednesday and Reading and Nottingham Forest, and I think to have come through that and now be a good Premier League striker, he's a survivor, isn't he? I think that's to his credit because yeah. he's they're, they're absolute shit shows are all of those, and he's um, did he really used to be like a left back or something? He used to be a full, he used to be a right back, didn't he? And then wow. he was a winger for a bit, and then I think they just. Found himself. Was it Moyes who stuck him up front? Do we have to give Moyes some credit? It's the last um, couple of seasons, isn't it? Yeah. It seems, well, Moyes uh, played himself on the wing at the weekend. It does. Um, I likened him in my match report on the blog to Paul Warhurst when he was playing for Sheffield Wednesday as a centre back and they put him up front and he scored so many goals. He got called up for England as a striker and then got into an argument with Trevor Francis where he was saying. What did he say? And what well, did Trevor Francis say? Uh, Trevor was trying to put him back into defence, but he well, was now he was now saying he's a striker. So what, Trevor, what did he say? Listen, you're a centre back. You need to move, move, go, go to your end of the pitch. Was going goals. Yeah. And of course, after this initial burst of excitement, he then played, you know, about thirty games as a striker and couldn't score for Toffee. It all just went, and he ended up in midfield at Blackburn. I do. I sometimes wonder, or I was wondering in match report whether Antonio it'll all just stop one day and he'll end up playing defensive midfield for Blackburn. Yes, fine. But at the moment, yeah, he's um, he's pretty good at the old scoring goals thing. So, so the, that that can't stand <laughs> <laughs> villain right away. I don't care if you see yourself in him or what. Then it's uh, he's a villain in my eyes. Well, friend, Kevin Friend has probably slipstreamed Antonio for the greatest weight of nominations. There's a lot here: Matt Sazied and James, Katie, Paul, Graham, Ryan, Phil, and Moscow's West Ham friend Ralph, uh, Chris, James, Dave, Elliot, all laying the boot in. Refs, friend, friend and refs. And some of the language being used here. Yeah. We just can't say these words out loud, can we? I mean, Katie's done a bleep, bleep, mm. and a bleep, and a, another one there. Yeah, there's very, I think we can say the, <laughs> and the, but beyond that, it's um, it's not to be uh, discussed. I mean, the, re- the good refs are the ones that you don't notice, aren't they? And unfortunately, Kevin Friend put himself front and centre in a lot of that. And, and Ryan from Australia is the one who picks it out. It says it was just stop, start. Borderline OCD on the throw-ins. Also the throw-ins were weird. There were so, so many foul throws, weren't there? They were really well. Just the fact that he seemed really picky about where they were taken yeah. from, and not not always consistently either. Like sometimes he was happy to give or take 10, 20 hours, as most refs are. But then other times he was very precise. He was like, "No, you need to do that exact. Keep going, another foot. That's about right. As long and as you don't move again." Do you think a lot of that is kind of? It's that's like performative, demonstrative to try and show people that he's in charge of the game and he won't stand. He's for got any, a whistle. Any shit? Well, what yeah. Does he need? Well, he, could, he, might in, have, he might have whistled and pointed. I'm in charge of this little bit of the game that no one gives a toss about. Yeah, I, would, that, I can I can do this though. That was it. He did whistle and point on the throwings, and that was the thing. Is like sometimes you get a referee with a whistle and it will go through you, 
And I really felt like kind of shivering in my bones whenever he was whistling about throwing. Although, like although there him. were times though when they were trying to take the mick with rolling, you know, free kicks where they do that thing where they spin the ball in front of themselves and give themselves an extra few yards. And they were at that a little bit trying to gain sneaky yards. And he kept moving them back and I was grateful for that. But I don't want to acknowledge it because he annoyed me. <laughs> so good for doing those bits. But let's not focus on it. But let's not focus on it, yeah. And the uh, whole, you know, incident with um, Antonio and the, the elbow, whether it was whether it was a red card or not, the whole incident could probably have been handled better and briefer without the whole wandering around, chatting with everybody and going to look at the exact quantity of blood on the tissue and all this stuff that he needed to decide a yellow card. Just give the free kick and book him. Move on. Phil and Moscow's West stand friend Ralph did pick out one particular uh, incident or a couple of incidents just to highlight the annoyance with friend. Gave Rafinha a yellow card for his celebration but did nothing when West Ham's players go into their fans. And I think, is this true that Ben Rama started manhandling stewards? Yeah, there was a lot going on. I wouldn't say for definite that Ben Rama was doing that because I didn't see it so I can't say exactly but West Ham fans ran on, stewards tackled them and then West Ham players started kind of, because the the fan was on the floor and trying to get up and they were sort of getting involved in it um, and I couldn't work out if they were trying to stop the fan from being taken away but it seemed I mean the interesting thing to compare it with the Rafinha one is what's the ultimate sort of target of booking players for that what are you trying to stop them from doing you're trying to stop them from is it COVID protocols no said so is going into the crowd I think uh, uh, Graham Smith check that with the Premier League so it's not COVID related he didn't go into the crowds though it was this side of the barriers wasn't he he just stood there well but that's so that's the point with the West Ham fans but he encouraged the fans to come and um, embrace him and come over the barriers themselves they got a megaphone didn't he said come on the pitch get over here lads so it was all a certain amount of but that's what it comes down to and what my point was is kind of what are you trying to stop you're trying to stop fans from falling over each other over the seats in a dangerous situation and piling onto the pitch and creating a little bit of a public order problem that the stewards have to sort out. And I think the West Ham players were just as guilty of that, if not more, when they're getting involved with stewards who are trying to get fans off the pitch. I don't have a particular problem with anything I saw the West Ham players doing, and I don't think that a couple of fans running onto the pitch and celebrating is necessarily the biggest problem. I think somebody what tried to run and have a go at Jack Harrison in the, the midst of it all. So that's why there's a it's not desirable for people to be running out of the crowd onto the pitch but I've seen worse things happen but if it, was, it, be... seemed, it seemed generally a fairly good natured running onto the pitch it was yeah. it was celebrating it, it, wasn't, it wasn't Aaron Corley was it? No exactly it was um, yeah shouldn't obviously happen but, but it's going to have those inevitable results if Stewart starts fighting with him it took ages to kind of sort it out and calm it down and get the game going again so that's why it's Ken Bates will be at home in Monaco muttering electric fences. Ben Fry rattling his bell up in York. Keep off the pit. <laughs> in truth, that's probably why friend didn't book anyone because it was already complicated enough. He that, just saw a load of chaos and went, ah, it looks like stewards and police and stuff are involved in this. It's not it. for me. And who do you book as well? Which player do you book? That, the it was fat easy West Ham fan. And then if it was um, going to be Antonio for the winner, then it's a red card. So it becomes a big deal from that point of view. And that's why... Rafinha's yellow should be rescinded. Mm, I've got a feeling we're getting caught up on a fairly minor detail here, but that is the real quiz, isn't it? Is the, why weren't there more sendings off? <laughs> Never mind that we lost. Anyway, uh, Moscow, well put that. Apart from uh, you are now nominated by Ding for your optimism, uh, which we've dealt with on the other show, don't we say? It's, pra- it's not, it's just realism. It's realism, Moscow insists. I don't believe him, but that's what he says. 
Uh, he says it's not his cup of tea. Quite simply, um, and he has a little he, swipe as well. So he doesn't know. see what he doesn't see what you see. Maybe if I watch the game on a little TV, it would look different. Well, isn't it one of the joys of human experience that we all think differently and have different opinions? And I welcome Twitter reinforces that. Yes, yeah. I, you know, I, I never, I hope, give the impression that anybody has to think what I think because even I don't really particularly care about my own opinions <laughs> to that. So I, I'm interested in ideas and and communicating things as I see them. I'm not the only person who... Let's go back to refs. I'm just looking further down the list and Mike Dean gets a nomination from former Leeds United striker Wayne Andrews who says uh, Mike Dean was actually able to give a penalty when it was for scum. Again, I've seen the actual penalty. I haven't seen the award of it. No, nor nor have I, but um, I've every reason to believe it it was wrong. Oh, we've got some turncoat bastards. Look, Bielsa's getting nominations now. It's starting to happen. Leeds fans, honestly. Should we even name them? Shame. Let's, um, well, I mean, Gillian wants us to discuss the substitutions, which didn't work. But we don't know about the I injury mean, Rafinha, situation. Rafinha was injured, wasn't he? Yeah. So I guess you, you've got to let him off on that one. The thing there is knowing Rafinha was injured, should he have left James on and then he could have brought on Jack Harrison for Rafinha and we didn't have to mess around with wingers and stuff. So there's, oh, you could just put Tyler Roberts on the wingers equally as effective. You don't need to defend, we spend too long you don't need to defend Tyler Roberts anymore. I think it all came out to the same result in the end anyway. Dan James, after the week he'd had, playing at Newcastle, having a baby, getting in a helicopter, playing at Fulham, coming back, playing the game. It probably got... And he wasn't any good in the first half. I don't I think he wasn't terrible, but there was... When I was um, working out for my match report, I was trying to find because there was a period of five minutes when I was sure that Ben Rama didn't touch the ball. And as it turned out, that was correct. But during the same period, Dan James didn't touch the ball either. And they were the only two players on the pitch who didn't have a touch in that period. And you can't really go five minutes without even having a touch and say, well played. I think it just got to half time and Dan James has said, I would really just like a nap. Mm. And under that situation, right, Jackie, you've had COVID, but you came even and Harrison's uh, tweet, um, either the, on the night or the next day was um, that it was his first day out of quarantine so he not really had the chance to train but we put him back in and maybe at that point Rafinha is in the, the change, changing room saying I feel like a king I've scored a goal everything's great I'm going to go out there and I'm going to win this match for Leeds United and it will be great and I wonder if what changed his mind was matches Click's miss because as distraught as Click looked about what he did there it was little compared to the fury that you could see on Rafinha's face where there was a, an element of why do I hang around with these doofuses? My hip hurts. Get me off this pitch. Hey, some body parts have been nominated, by the way. Junior Furpo's arse has uh, mm. been nominated. We've also uh, had... For four, the deflection, we should clarify, yeah, not for anything else that it did. Forshaw's thigh got a nomination in Among All This. Uh, lactic acid, which does build up in muscles, got a, a nomination for us looking leggy. In the last 10 minutes. And Rafinha's hip, that we, it would be good if that was fully recovered because we can't be having him playing an hour and uh, limping off like Steptoe's horse. I did enjoy this, by the way. Uh, David Moyes got some nominations. Uh, it was uh, Mez, Andrew, Matthew, and Graham Turvel picks him out for always being out of his techno area, <laughs> which I think, uh, I imagine, yes. just throwing a few shapes down. <laughs> no limits. On the- um, too unlimited, we're having a, a problem with him. Yeah, and I didn't like him coming on the pitch, even if it's just to kick a ball back. Stay out of it. Uh, our negative fans and our positive fans have both been nominated. <laughs> so we're just in an unwinnable situation at the minute. Radrazani's been nominated. I was talking about his uh, incredibly thin skin. 
uh, earlier on. Yeah, I mean, the, one of the people who has nominated, one of the three who've nominated Red Rosani, um, one goes by the name of Angus Kay, apparently, okay. which I think is someone causing mischief on the feedback form. If, if it's not, if it's really you. Brad, put your fucking phone away, you tool, is what it says, which I I don't I don't think is from the, the words of our... Um, of Leeds United's Angus Kinnear. But yeah, it was it. Yeah, Nathan sums it up right, saying, by no means does uh, his nomination tarnish his admiration for what he's done over the last few years, but the tweeting doesn't sit right with him. Yeah, absolutely. Just it's always been an interesting the way uh, Wisconsin Todd puts it, where he says he needs to subscribe to the notion that wolves don't care about the opinions of sheep when it comes to social media, because it was wolves he was tweeting at um, when they beat us 3-0 and uh, towards the end of the game, he started going... We need, the football league needs to know this is very unfair and wolves are cheating. So it's kind of. Um, Do you know what? I actually didn't mind that as much because that was highlighting a, a larger structural issue with the the way the rules were. He needed to not do it while we were three 0 down in the second half, though, didn't he? It seemed yeah. very. And I think that's um, that's why I'm kind of uh, a little bit oblivious sometimes to um, to him tweeting, just because I get now that this is what he's like, and it's. <laughs> yeah. uh, are worse traits than stupid tweets but when that's your prime channel of communication just stick to the stuff about helping the Afghan women's team that he wants to bring to Yorkshire and house just do that mind you given the current phone given the current climate it'll be it'll be a beautiful gesture and very helpful and I hope it uh, works out for everybody involved much better than arguing about like reserve midfielders on Twitter pointlessly. Yes, there are uh, Man Marking gets a nomination. There's a particular family in the West End who kept standing up who Jerry was annoyed about, but it feels niche. We're not going to do that. Somebody uh, wants this to. This is when people are getting pissed off <laughs> with the world, isn't it? And they can sit down as well. Yeah. That person in front of me, how dare you go for a piss after 40 minutes? Right, um, the Ellen Road PA control person, Andy, has got a gripe, asks, why does Marching On Together start from the beginning now? I think that's the good place to start a song. I don't know about you. Yeah, but you, I mean, you were a DJ, you would mix it up, but halfway through. Yeah, I mean, you? like on, on the radio. Bring it in for the chorus, where's the drop? Well, on the radio, you do that cool thing of talking up to the to the vocals, don't you? So you don't crash the vocals, but you can't really do that because it's got, it starts so, um, so prominently with the, you know, the, the I don't even know what instrument it is, but um, the da 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 da, you, you want to hear that, don't but you? But as Andy is pointing out, it has always previously played from just before the first chorus so that there is enough time for the song to play to the end. And now it's fizzling out, and because the, the Premier League uh, anthem, Premier League anthem comes Stupid over the top. Thing. So if they go back to, uh, it's not a bad idea to work out when it needs to stop. Do you know and that's called in radio. Start it. in radio. It's called back timing. Well, there you go. They need to just back back time it. it. Yeah, but everybody loves back time. Yeah. So do that. All right. Um, let's pick a villain of the week. Then is it Antonio? Antonio? Yeah. Yeah. But he did. I mean, he did cause us most misery. He, we think he should have been sent off even though probably not but he's Melier the, doesn't deserve that he scored the winner and Melier got booked needlessly like I don't think Melier should have been booked for saying to Kevin Friend they've just tried to do it to me again mm. well why are you gonna why aren't you giving me a free kick for that do something about this no oh, I'll give you a yellow card mm-hmm. they obviously did target him to an extent didn't they unless I mean, they might just target all goalkeepers it might not be anything particular against Melier but I don't look like Burnley as well don't they they're, they're dressed like Burnley it's true he didn't generally handle it badly, though. I didn't think he got. I mean, he, had, he took one in the face, but take it, he did. He didn't in like. He face. didn't. He didn't shirk away from the from Antonio's massive arm, though, did he? He just looked at it and went, "Yep, if, uh, if needs must, I will go into this." He's a great player, isn't he? He is very yeah. good, familiar. Yeah. Well, very, very let's good. get on to the positives then. Let's do the Gitano Barardi Hero of the Week, and um, there he is being nominated. Well, we've uh, got in the early nominations. We've got a generic the kids, uh, Saint Petersburg Whites, uh, White. Sorry, says the kids, and um, Melier Shackleton Creswell. 
um, assuming that we stay in this division, the future's bright. Absolutely fair point. Or um, we can get relegated and play them. Yeah. Win-win. We're, we're going to be playing them either way, aren't we? Uh, Cresswell gets an absolute... I mean, there's no point in even listing all the people that have uh, who've nominated him. There's probably about 30 here on the sheet. Um, Angus Kay as well, Although pushing, <laughs> pushing the agenda again. Let's give Daniel Barth up a mention who says... Uh, Charlie Creswell, it makes up somewhat for the fact that I hated his dad when he played for us, based on little more than pretty much hating that whole Blackwell era minus Healy, Hulse and Derry. So there's uh, the, the redemption, uh, the son absolving the sins of the father. I do wonder how long it's going to be until Bielsa makes Creswell lose weight, because he's he's a big boy, he's isn't he? He's just made him put him all on. He's, he's big, isn't he, though, compared to the rest of our players now. He'll be like, well, I said you had to go away and bulk up, but not like that. Just get, look at Liam, look at Liam, get more like Liam. And everyone else is saying, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, he was outstanding. And from Creswell to Melier, he gets loads of nominations for being fearless. Our octopus, Graham, describes him as arms everywhere. Long arms. I mean, there were some genuine some genuine worldly saves in there as well. Like there was that one, I think, in the first half where he just tipped it around the post. There's the one-on-one as well. So he did enough to keep us in the game when it was uh, proper end-to-end stuff. And he's, he is brilliant. You're I right. I think one day he'll snap and headbutt Liam Cooper. Tackle one of them. Come Ta- on. Tackle. Tackle. Kibar can do everything. He's brilliant. So, well, when we've sold Calvin Phillips this summer and Rafinha next summer, Melier the summer after? Well, it's the big relief, isn't it, that Donnarumma went to Paris Saint-Germain because there was that little element of Melier's agent starting to get involved and, oh, we think he might, maybe he could go there. No. No. Let him stay at, at Leeds, but he does seem to have that quality. But then the only, um, the only hope, but one hope <laughs> is that uh, clubs tend to like older goalkeepers, don't they? So we'll we'll have him for the, a few years at least. That's exactly until, what I was saying. Just one one each year until he's matured. <laughs> Although often that's a case of experience, isn't it? Because they say oh, they've not seen, they've not played enough. As much as they mm. look, might look good at youth football, they've not got a hundred games behind him or whatever. But he will have one pretty soon. So I think it's Dave who does point out actually that we're worried about Rafa and uh, Phillips, but Melia will go for as much as anyone next summer. Yeah, and I was just had a look at how old um, Aaron Ramsdale is, and he's twenty three. So maybe the trend is going the other way now. With uh, they've also got what's his face at Scum, haven't they? As well, who Duke now with uh, what's his face, and he's quite young. So maybe <laughs> brilliant uh, description. Maybe people are going for um, younger young, Dean Henderson. He's young at heart, isn't he? I mean, I didn't want to get into the whole Dean Henderson youth question. That's why I was avoiding. All of that, but Melier is great. Michael Owen will tell you he was always destined to be. Uh, a number of nominations for players for a variety of things. Rafinha picks up a few for being good at football. Uh, we have Gelhart for his penalty against Fulham. It was Steve who picked that one up. Strauch for learning another position in the 23s. He went central midfield, didn't he? Number eight he was wearing. Yes, and he's played uh, left back in the second half of that game and most of the Blackburn game he was left back as well. He took ages trying to take a throw in. That was quite nice. I think he was um, confused being thrown back into the under-23s. He was just standing there with the ball waiting for somebody to make one of the first team runs and it wasn't happening and it took hours. Shackleton gets a nomination by Andy for his week that he's had. We have Rodrigo as well. Dave picked up Rodrigo for being different class at times. A drunk man in the East stand. Yeah, we're going back to the picking out the individual fans. Filamanjaro was well impressed by the bloke sat behind him in the... Uh, in the Upper East, because he arrived stinking of booze and then sang, bellowed at the back of his head. I bet you could feel the warmth just projecting. Mm. Onto the... nice, uh, nice COVID safe feeling where you're thinking, <laughs> the back of my head is absolutely covered. Lovely. <laughs> uh, but after 95 minutes, uh, he was an, it was annoyed at first, sorry, but after 95 minutes of already having lost his own voice, 
during the goal celebration. He had nothing but respect for him for still going all that time later. The lifeblood of our support. And it's true, isn't it? It's very, very true. I mean, Moscow, you've got some nominations. No idea why. Nathan yeah, and Thomas should be bringing me into this. They've, they've picked you out. No. Although Nathan... <laughs> I mean, Nathan does say that he didn't see the game and he hasn't been able to bring himself to watch it, but he basically likes the fact that you tell him some um, comforting lies after each game. Well, Not his words exactly. But, yes, um, I don't want to get that's into... That's my interpretation uh, of it. And a good, it's an accurate one as well. I don't want to get into me, but let's quote Nathan accurately. Never fails to make me feel better in the wake of games like that. So that's nice. I'm glad that I can make people feel better. That's people, it. one person, person. Well, it's one more than none. <laughs> Holly Ann tweeted us to say that uh, her Hero of the Week nomination goes to whoever's responsible at Leeds United for signing off on the installation of toilet seats in the ladies. After almost 18 years, this was a pleasant and unexpected first at Ellen Road. Um, so wow. we have a happy peach this winter. <laughs> I mean, in the men's toilets, I can't remember if this is still the case. I think it might just be a bare metal, like prison toilet, rim now. At, yeah. at some point in the east stand, I'm sure they had little bits of wood just on the edges, like a permanently attached bit yeah, of wood yeah, yeah. that obviously just was endlessly doused in piss. So if anyone actually <laughs> wanted to sit on it, it was not really an option. But I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. Would, would you? Because would women, you sit women, down in an Ellen Road toilet? Women, I have. I think I have done once when I was. Um, Poorly. <laughs> it, was not a, it was not a decision I took lightly though. We've spoken about it because like when you go out, you know, like we were saying, I think it was about kids, weren't we? We were talking in the kitchen here at the office, just saying that it's it's funny how kids can interrupt any day by just needing the toilet. And as adults, you just think, well, do you know what what I'll do is I'll, I'll save it and go on the throne at home rather than using toilets in like restaurants and yeah. pubs and bars. Whereas, and whereas kids will be like halfway through a Yorkshire pudding and just go, just off to the uh <laughs> <laughs> just just off to cohort out. Just uh, do you want to come with me? You're like, ah, oh, because I mean I yeah, I mean my lad, Sam, he went to the toilet twice during the first half against West Ham, just hoping and praying it was number ones. because um, I and I haven't doused him in sanitizer since. But, but I must admit, I'm surprised the women have not had toilet seats to this point. It does that. seem it does seem quite poor. Well well if that, we don't get discussion, them, why should they? Eighteen years is a long time to be holding anything <laughs> in. I wonder because there was um they they recently filmed that FIFA ratings video, which had the wonderful clip of um, Calvin Phillips shouting down a phone to whoever had done the FIFA ratings, going, "My ratings are a shambles." Just one of the most. Th- that's why he can never leave because no other club will appreciate his his Leeds pronunciation of shambles. That was filmed beneath the cop, and I'm wondering if, in the process of that, one of the the film crew or the staff who production staff have come along to make that has attempted to piss and has drawn it to the attention of the people there. You've seen the state of it in there and like, oh no, we haven't been in there for um, uh, 18 pa- years. Pa- Patrick Bamford maybe, because he was on that, that film. Maybe he's gone into the toilet and gone, oh my God, is this how they treat them? <laughs> and he's had a word. You'd hope he'd go in the gents though. Absolutely. I mean, even in a, you know, the gender neutral toilet world, I don't think that really applies in the cop. Pat Bamford should he should be able to tell the should difference. go for a sit down way elsewhere mm. yes yeah so not there uh, well Rad- maybe he was just checking because he's interested in how the other half lives so he's checking out every every inch of the women's toilets um, and that's my explanation <laughs> <laughs> Radrazani gets a nomination got a balance of the universe the other way Katie um, has nominated Andrea for the Afghanistan girls youth team 112 of them to bring them to Leeds haven't they suffered enough, et cetera, et cetera, is the joke there. So well done. And um, and Angus Kinnear gets a nomination for his programme notes as well. So let's pick pick a hero of the week out of all that lot. Is it Creswell? I think Creswell. I mean... Maybe does it? Oh, God. Melier, Tyler Roberts then. Go on, Melier got the uh, 
Melier got the uh, elbow dans la bouche, yeah. didn't he? So it's... Is it's, elbow, is that the translation? And I think, have we done this before where we've not given it to Melier on the expectation that he's going to be nominated again next week? And I feel like that may be it because if Stroik is back, is Creswell going to stay in? He's certainly played well enough, but we know Bielsa will go for his safer options. So it could be that this is the only... He's only going to have one Premier League debut, isn't he? Let's give it Creswell. Elbow is... Uh, Melier next week. It's what? Could. 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 Sounds like a Geordie thing, like his Geordie accent. He's got a could. Could in the bush. Reached the could. All right. Is it, it's it's uh, Creswell then, just because it's his debut, it's a sympathy vote then, is it? Yeah, go on. Uh, <laughs> as opposed to a sympathy vote for Melier for getting a, an arm in the face. Uh, but no, he was, he was outstanding and the future does bode well. And it does mean that if there comes a time where we need to play him again further on in the season, that we know that we can rely on him. We don't need to play him again against Watford never mind further in the season he just why would you drop him though in all honesty because, well I personally probably would not but Bielsa will see Stroik there and see he's got so many more Premier League games and we'll put him back in and then if your aunt Aocock happens to be available then it's difficult we've seen the pattern of lots of debuts but not many players getting a, a run so unless you want to quickly go and like tug Pascal Stroik's beard off so that he's got a, a, a face injury and can't play just yeah. rip it off. I'm glad you finished that sentence <laughs> like that because it could have come out a lot worse. Just tug, I don't know, tugging his beard off just yeah. sounds. Well, I don't know how it's weird thing. Him. It's, it's the most obvious thing to go for. Just your own fantasies. Well done then, Cresswell. He had a good one. And regardless of whether it's him or Strauch, hopefully we return next week and we'll finally be happy with this godforsaken season in this awful division. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Thanks for joining us on this one. We'll see you in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast. 